0: me google this hello everybody there and welcome back to the lucy porter podcast today i'll be reading chapter 11 of alice's adventures in wonderland this is the penultimate chapter oh my god guys it's getting so real you know no faffing around just gonna crack straight on today guys chapter 11 who stole the tarts I always seem to like, I don't know, is anyone else conscious of this when you're like saying something with an S and it's like, like it sounds like you're doing it like twice, like, like a snake, like tarts, like, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to get on with this now. The king and queen of hearts were seated on their throne when they arrived with a great crowd assembled about them. All sorts of little birds and beasts as well. I said it they're beasts. You know what I mean, guys? <laughs> as well as the whole pack of cards the knave was standing before them in chains with a soldier on each side to guard him and near the king was the white rabbit with a trumpet in one hand and a scroll of parchment in the other in the very middle of the court was a table with a large dish of tarts upon it they looked so good that it made alice quite hungry to look at them i wish they'd get the trial done she thought and hand round the refreshments but there seemed to be no chance of this So she began looking at everything about her to pass away the time. Alice had never been in a court of justice before, but she had read about them in books and and was quite pleased to find that she knew the name of nearly everything there. "'That's the judge,' she said to herself, "'because of his great wig. "'The judge, by the way, was the king, "'and as he wore his crown over the wig, "'he did not look at all comfortable, "'and it was certainly not becoming. "'And that's the jury box.' thought alice and those twelve creatures she was obliged to say creatures you see because some of them were animals and some of them were birds i suppose they are jurors she said this last word two or three times over to herself being rather proud of it for she thought and rightly too that very few little girls of her age knew the meaning of it all however jurymen would have done just as well the twelve jurors were all writing very busily on slates. What are they doing? Alice whispered to the gryphon. They can't have put anything down yet before the trial's begun. They're putting down their names, the gryphon whispered in reply, for fear they should forget them before the end of the trial. Stupid things! Alice began in a loud, indignant voice, but she stopped herself hastily, for the white rabbit cried out, Silence in the court! And the king put on his spectacles and looked round anxiously to make out who was talking. Alice could see, as well as if she were looking over their shoulders, that all the jurors were writing down stupid things on their slates and she could even make out that one of them didn't know how to spell stupid and that he had to ask his neighbor to tell him a nice muddle their slates will be in before the trial's over thought alice one of the jurors had a pencil that squeaked this of course alice could not stand and she went round the court and got behind him and very soon found an opportunity of taking it away she did it so quickly that the poor little juror it was bill the lizard guys do you remember bill the lizard from like chapter two when he um was going down the chimney and then she kicked him out the chimney. Do you remember that? That was was a great chapter, that was. Could not make out at all what had become of it. So after hunting all about for it, he was obliged to write with one finger for the rest of the day and this was of very little use as it left no mark on the slate. "'Herald, read the accusation,' said the king. On this, the white rabbit blew three blasts on the trumpet and then unrolled the parchment scroll and read as follows. "'The Queen of Hearts!' she made some tarts all on a summer day the knave of hearts he stole those tarts and took them quite away consider your verdict the king said to the jury "'Not yet, not yet!' the rabbit hastily interrupted. "'There's a great deal to come before that!' "'Call the first witness,' said the king, and the white rabbit blew three blasts on the trumpet and called out, "'First witness!' The first witness was the hatter. He came in with a teacup in one hand and a piece of bread and butter in the other. "'I beg your pardon, your majesty,' he began, "'for bringing these in, but I hadn't quite finished my tea when I was sent for.' "'You ought to have finished,' said the king.' "'When did you begin?' "'The hatter looked at the march hare "'who had followed him into the court "'arm-in-arm arm with the dormouse.' Fourteenth of march, I think it was,' he said. Fifteenth, said the march hare. Sixteenth, said the dormouse. "'Write that down,' the king said to the jury, "'and the jury eagerly wrote down "'all three dates on their slates "'and then added them up "'and reduced the answer to shillings and pence. "'Take off your hat,' the king said to the hatter. "'It isn't mine,' said the hatter. "'Stolen!' The king exclaimed, turning to the jury, who instantly made a memor Whoa, whoa, whoa! Memorandum of the fact. I don't know what that means. Memorandum of the fact. Let me Google this. How? Oh, oh. Memorandum. A written message in business or diplomacy? All right, okay, that wasn't that as complex as I thought it was going to be. I keep them to sell, the Hatter added, as an explanation i've none of my own i'm a hatter here the queen put on her spectacles and began staring hard at the hatter who turned pale and fidgeted give your evidence said the king and don't be nervous or i'll have you executed on the spot This did not seem to encourage the witness at all. He kept shifting from one foot to the other, looking uneasily at the Queen, and in his confusion he bit a large piece out of his teacup instead of the bread and butter. Just at this moment, Alice felt a very curious sensation, which puzzled her a great deal until she made out what it was. She was beginning to grow larger again, and she thought at first that she would get up and leave the court. But on second thoughts, she decided to remain where she was as long as there was room for her. I wish you wouldn't squeak so said the dormouse who was sitting next to her i can hardly breathe i can't help it said alice very meekly i'm growing you've no right to grow here said the dormouse don't talk nonsense said alice more boldly you know you're growing too yes but i grow at a reasonable pace said the dormouse not in that ridiculous fashion And he got up very sulkily and crossed over to the other side of the court. All this time, the Queen had never left off staring at the hatter. And, just as the dormouse crossed the court, she said to one of the officers of the court, "'Bring me the list of singers in the last concert!' On which the wretched hatter trembled so that he shook off both his shoes. "'Give your evidence,' the King repeated. "'Or have you executed, whether you're nervous or not?' "'I'm a poor man, your Majesty.' The hatter began in a trembling voice. And I hadn't begun my tea not above a week or so. And what with the bread and butter getting so thin and the twinkling of the tea? The twinkling of what? said the king. It began with the tea, the hatter replied. Of course, twinkling begins with a tea, said the king sharply. Do you take me for a dunce? Go on. I am a poor man, the hatter went on, and most things twinkled after that. Only the March Hare said... "'I didn't!' the March Hare interrupted in a great hurry. "'You did!' said the Hatter. "'I deny it!' said the March Hare. "'He denies it!' said the King. "'Leave out that part!' "'Well, at any rate, the Dormouse said,' the Hatter went on, "'looking anxiously round to see if he would deny it too, "'but the Dormouse denied nothing, being fast asleep.' "'After that!' continued the Hatter. "'I cut some more bread and butter.' "'But what did the Dormouse say?' one of the jury members asked. "'That I can't remember.' said the hatter you must remember remarked the king or i'll have you executed the miserable hatter dropped his teacup and bread and butter and went down on one knee i'm a poor man your majesty he began you're a very poor speaker said the king here one of the guinea pigs cheered and was immediately suppressed by the officers of the court as that is a rather harsh word i'll just explain to you how it was done They had a large canvas bag which tied up at the mouth with strings. Into this they slipped the guinea pig head first and then sat upon it. (laughs) All righty then. I'm glad I've seen that done, thought Alice. I've so often read in newspapers at the end of trials, there was some attempt at applause which was immediately suppressed by the office of the court. And I never understood what it meant till now. If that's all you know about it, you may stand down, continued the king i can't go no lower said the hatter i'm on the floor as it is then you may sit down the king replied here the other guinea pig cheered and was suppressed come that finishes the guinea pigs thought alice now we shall get on better I'd rather finish my tea, said the hatter with an anxious look at the queen who was reading the list of singers. You may go, said the king, and the hatter hurriedly left the court without even waiting to put his shoes on. And just take his head off outside, the queen added to one of the officers, but the hatter was out of sight before the officer could get to the door. Call the next witness, said the king. The next witness was the duchess's cook. She carried the pepper box in her hand and Alice guessed who it was even before she got into the court by the way the people near the door began sneezing all at once. Give your evidence, said the king. I shan't, said the cook. The king looked anxiously at the right rabbit, who said in a low voice, "'Your majesty must cross-examine this witness.' "'Well, if I must, I must,' the king said with a melancholy air, and, after folding his arms and frowning at the cook till his eyes were nearly out of sight, he said in a deep voice, "'What are the tarts made of?' "'They're made of pepper, mostly,' said the cook. Cheekle, said a sleepy voice behind her. Call her that door mouse, the queen shrieked out. Behead that dormouse! Turn that dormouse out of court! Suppress him! Pinch him! Off with his whiskers! For some minutes the whole court was in confusion getting the dormouse turned out and by the time they had settled down again the cook had disappeared. Never mind said the king with an air of great relief. Call the next witness and he added in an undertone to the queen. Really, my dear, you must cross-examine the next witness. It quite makes my forehead ache. Alice watched the white rabbit as he fumbled over the list, feeling very curious to see what the next witness would be like. For they haven't got much evidence yet, she said to herself. Imagine her surprise when the white rabbit read out at the top of his shrill little voice the name, Alice. And that is the end of chapter 11. I wonder what Alice is going to say. I wonder what they're going to ask her. I wonder what's going on, to be honest don't know if you guys are keeping up, but, whoa, it's getting so crazy. Remember, remember, positive vibes. Love yourself. You've got to be the best version of yourself that you can be. And that starts from deep within the soul by being kind to yourself. So go on your journey. Start your self-love journey today. And that is the end of my TED Talk and the end of the podcast. (laughs) Big love, positive vibes. Bye.